from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's week of Friday, August 16th, 2013, and this is a very special Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. Squarespace has beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. They take care of the hosting, SEO, and even make sure that your site automatically looks great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, they have amazing support that's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It all starts at just eight bucks a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. For a free trial, go over to squarespace.com. You don't need a credit card. Just try it out and start building your website. If you decide to purchase it, use offer code RELEVANT8, the number 8, and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. That includes monthly and annual plans. That can add up to a lot of money. And you'll need a credit card at that point. Uh, probably. Yes. They, <laughs> or to send them cash. So just and mail them cash. It's a monetary It says relevant eight on the Interesting trades accepted. <laughs> That's squarespace.com. Use offer code relevant eight. All right. Well, joining me here in our Orlando studios is Eddie New Podcast. What's Kyle up? Fultz. Hey. Hey, yeah. What's I got, up? <laughs> I got to work on it. <laughs> Two requests. That's good. Two un- Wait, it was on, just hey. Two unspoken. No, like, well, I didn't oh. think about it, so that was just me talking. Good. I had a joke ready, but can we start again? But <laughs> no, no, just do it all again. No, 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 not to be edited. Just no. I want to do my thing now. No, come uh, on, you man. had your chance. Why are you so tan? Why am I so tan? I don't. Well, I was at the beach this weekend. Oh, there you go. You know, I was letting this body get some you sun. Had your shirt off. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was yeah. terrifying, but you know. No, you can really see the tan in your hands and arms. Is that weird that I'm saying this? Is that, look, it is. D- listen, folks. You, it, <laughs> Buzz, I have very... <laughs> look with your ears. No, really. You're, uh, it looks like a nice skin tone, olive this, complexion. All this right. is the direction I wasn't I'll expecting. Go. I'll just go. Over there, that's... Uh, <laughs> I think I should go. That's yeah. Calvin Kearley. My hands uh, are all pale and freckly. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we have the perfect, the, the whole visual. Uh, on the Skyplane from Loverland, Virginia, this Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. I, I am horrifically sunburned. Are you? I'm Are you covered. Peeling? I'm I'm bright red and covered in bliss. No, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the sun. So my And over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer Chad Michaels. Hello, friends. We have a great show for you today. Uh, coming up later, we talk to one of our favorite Christian groups, newish bands. You could say newish. Yeah, the digital age. They they they've been around for a decade, except they removed a key component and became the digital age uh formerly the david crowder band but i don't think there was drama there it was just a, a nice oh, they forcibly like, we're gonna find out i still david my who? suggestion last week i hope you guys related to them find another guy named david crowder. yeah no, i like that brilliant i think they should just play all the exact same music that they've been playing but just leave out his parts oh so, so just, just like the guys come in and sing harmony on the choruses oh, oh, no, the verses are totally empty i, I have a good awesome. name i have what they should have named their band is david threes a crowder Oh, <laughs> did you come in with that, or was that no, just no, now? I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a little green. Give top me some of the time. dome. Top just of the warming dome. Warming up. Warming up. <laughs> that was actually. I actually enjoyed that joke. 
Three's a crowder. Usually okay. I like three, to. I like, I like it better. I like it better when we move on after three's I Three's a crowder is good. <laughs> I like it better when we just I like it better when we dissect it. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's no. best, it's best not to analyze that one too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> so you haven't been around for a while. I was off last week. Yeah, you were. Why did we do that? Uh, because. Well, we were going to do the full Lala podcast. That's right. And then we decided not to. Right. And Calvin had already made plans. I had booked a... I was working a conference. Yeah. So... People might be that. shocked that we have jobs outside of this podcast. It's not like we just wait Some to of you talk do. for... I was signing now. autographs. <laughs> Eddie, I fully think that your job entails doing this podcast mm-hmm. and then the rest of the 40 hours of the work week replying to Twitter <laughs> well, where people say, I love Eddie Koffel. Or getting I, a tan. I realize that at some point I'm probably... People are just so nice. Like, I mean, it's just really kind. How do you, you know? feel about the Paul Rudd comparisons? I've been seeing that I one a lot. I don't hear it, but also every time I hear my voice when I try to listen back to this show, I just squirm and fast forward to when you guys say so something. So you, you wish it was like a Digital Age concert without David Crowder? Yeah, I, <laughs> yes, I wish you all were without me, but I could still hang out and have fun. Right, we'll probably get to this in feedback, but speaking of responding to listeners, what, what did we say last week that, that so offended of fans of the sci-fi genre. Well, I was re-listening. We, was, it, was it during the Settlers of Catan s- reference? No, since we're all in this together, I, we said, and I, we posed I, the question. Staring at me. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the uh, direct comment was nerds can't be Christians. Yeah, but here's Cameron. Cameron Wait, but does that was this, in jest, though. But Cameron does a good thing, which is sometimes you just throw meat into the cage and watch <laughs> us pounce on it, right? <laughs> which I deeply appreciate that you do. The problem is, is usually at the end of that, we kind of all resolve it together, and we're like, oh, but people that are really into anime can also love God. But we we <laughs> forgot to resolve, and we remembered to just keep joking around. <laughs> forgot the resolve, and so we just continued to fall off the ledge, and people were like, uh. This was okay. hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> People, so well, just, if you if you really think about it, who's the core listening demographic to podcasts? Nerds, right? So there's a very high <laughs> like overlap. But, but real quick, when you say oh, nerds, you say core. it as is is an endearing term, not like Steve Urkel nerds. Like, like I feel like it's it's good to preference. Like geek and nerd have become terms. That that sort of insinuate people who are in the know and passionate about something right. that has to do with right. technology right. or pop culture or a niche of pop people culture. People that you feel like are deeply into some measure of science fiction, something like in that realm, can still love those things and be yeah, super animated into, action series. And yeah, they can know the, the full sort. right. They can know the Klingon language, but also love God. Right? You believe? I mean, they can also believe in Ceiling Cat. Right? You're putting words in my mouth. I'm asking you. Of course, we're I mean, trying to bring on. resolution here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I mean, do people did people really think? Oh that? yeah, I, I think so. There, there were, were, I saw several. I, this week. I only saw a Twitter, so I didn't see this backlash you're talking about. I saw people like going, "Hey, you know, kind of like knowing that we were joking." <laughs> you know, hey, hey, come on, bro. Hey, hey, the Fonz, hey. <laughs> hey, the people who like the Fonz are they Christians? Hey. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I think it's time to let people know that you're a Henry Winkler nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, of an course. aficionado. Come on. Well. The, okay, if people really thought that was a real statement, of course that's ridiculous. Your mm-hmm. theological views and the entertainment that you enjoy are not necessarily connected. And I was, I'm, I'm, I think we're all pretty nerdy in our own ways. Well, yeah. the, we're, we're totally. on, we are yeah. on a podcast, thereby <laughs> and the we're king the of the nerds. nerds. No. We're the king of the nerds. Yeah, right? we're nerdy enough to think that we're really hilarious by sitting here in a room together right. being funny. Right. The oh, Matrix was a Christian movie, right? <laughs> totally. Yes. Superman is. Oh, yeah, because he's a man of steel. And then he falls from space with his hands out in the cross motion in both of the movies. Yes. Yeah. So that means he's Jesus. What else can you think of that? You right. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Done. Avi. 
Somebody said Star Wars fans believe in God. They just call it the Force. I, I thought the Force was a Buddhist thing. I thought it was really funny, though. <laughs> That's a good joke. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of analogies and metaphors, but you know, I don't, I don't know them all because they're kind of nerdy, and I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. Okay, I, hey. really, I really didn't know people were offended. I, I'm, I actually really. You're saying yeah, that there was like very substantive. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah, my favorite one was somebody. There was like the first one, and the, and the person said, "Like I haven't written a letter to anyone, but here's my first letter, and it's to you guys." Yeah, because the, the question was about complaint letters, and I think that's right. why part of the reason they were compelled to write. But yeah, I mean, it, it is true. It, it was it was all it was sarcastic, and obviously that's not an opinion. I don't think any. Of I in no way think that nerds can't be Christians. Well, that's good. I think it's all done. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all we needed. That's Cleared what I'm up. saying. That's all we needed. The, the entire idea that that would be serious is so ludicrous that I can't believe people bothered to be offended. I think sometimes people miss everybody's role on the show, and a lot of times what you do is kind of provide a lot of content for us to start talking, because, of course, I'm just here goofing around. You know, everybody's right. goofing around, but you actually provide something I say that is, outlandish things to, to provoke a response. Right. right. Which is great. I like that you do it. It gets us, us thinking and it gets good conversation going but that that one last week just really got people yeah whew, they were i didn't even think tw- i didn't even remember the reference i was literally like because i listened and then i saw the complaint so i was like I, I i still don't remember even listening back so i was trying to figure out what it was someone mentioned something about settlers of Catan, and i thought did we say something about fans of the board game settlers of Catan? that set this i, I did i said something to the effect yeah. of like I like Settlers of Catan, and I and I'm a Christian. Is that okay? Yes. Well, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we can agree on that. So, so it's basically like Dungeons and Dragons. So basically, yeah. we just moved our apologies segment up to the very beginning of the podcast. Well, that was just one. Yeah. That was. Just, so, I just we were talking about responding to feedback. I just thought we should address that. Get the you know elephant out of the room and get this party started. So people who didn't hear last week's podcast, spoiler no, alert. Yeah. yeah, apparently we ticked off. Everybody who's ever been to Comic Con, man, hey, I'm, what's I'm that? gone for one week and just the whole thing. <laughs> I know, really, you would have kept us from this. It would have been so helpful. Well, I would have said something, you know, ridiculous and gotten us off topic, and that might have helped. <laughs> it would have been really nice. <laughs> but we stayed laser focused last laser week. Laser focused <laughs> hurt a lot of people. So, yay for us. <laughs> laser focus. <laughs> you know, Superman has laser focus. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. He's Jesus. I've never seen right. it. I'm a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so Digital Age, Digital Age coming up later, and at the end of the show, uh, which sounds really weird to toss to this uh, right now, but at the end of the show, um, I have something really important to talk to you all about, and it's um, not going to be easy. So there you go. So you can fast forward now if you're if you can't sit through slices. And you wonder. But before all that, uh, your your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, August 20th. Uh, Andrew Bell is coming out with Black Bear. Braids is coming out with Flourish slash Parish. I wonder if that's a double album. I don't know. Uh, Crocodiles is coming out with Crimes of Passion. The last thing you want from a crocodile... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah, need some definitions. Yeah. We need to define some terms here. <laughs> when I'm looking through the web, different websites to find the album releases, there's certain ones that just strike me. I'm like, oh man, this is a gold mine. Like this <laughs> album was written, this album title was written with our podcast in mind. Yeah. How do you this album? How do you pick these? Because I, you seem to know a lot about music, but do you just are you constantly listening and then you bring them to us? Or yeah, how does it, yeah, more or less. That's a neat job, man. Yeah. Uh, also coming out, Earl Sweatshirt. 
<laughs> with Doris. His name is Earl Sweatshirt. Yeah. That's a pretty good name. It's awesome. Uh, I saw him on uh, it's like Johnny Allen. Football. It's like Johnny Football or yeah. Eddie well, Podcast. He's, one of the, uh, he's in the Odd Future. He is. Frank Ocean right? and yeah. Tyler, the creator. Yeah. Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, no Age is coming out with an object. Uh, that object being an album. But uh, Zola Jesus or Zola Jesus, I'm not sure. It's coming out with versions. You know what? Uh, I think Zola, Zola translates to Clark Kent, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, really well done. It's, yeah. It's fun. I don't know their dialect, the original. It's the Klingon. It's the Klingon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LOL cats. Klingon Just Jesus. Just you thought we were out of the hole. Okay, so. <laughs> you pull me back pull in. Pull me back in. So Klingon Jesus is coming out with <laughs> versions. <laughs> Movie releases on Friday, August 23rd. The Frozen Ground, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Is this the last Nicolas Cage movie before Left Behind? Yeah, because they're filming Left Behind right now. They are. We did did a a slice on the website to inform uh, our, you know, Tyler and I have been following this Left Behind beat pretty closely. (laughs) And they announced that the cameras have actually begun rolling. The day that the cameras uh, uh, began, literally minutes after, Ashley Tisdale dropped out of the production. It was very sad. Really? Yeah. What? Did did she just disappear with her clothes neatly (laughs) folded? (laughs) (laughs) Was she driving a car and the car just sped off? She was actually cutting the grass at the time and the mower was just sitting in the yard. (laughs) Wait. No, I did not We've know this. Jesse, Jesse informed me. I didn't know this information. So, so one of the one of the key stars of the movie, Chad Michael Murray, Ashley Tisdale, and Nicolas Cage, they started filming. She said, "I no longer want to be part of this," and left the production. Well, the, <laughs> according to a, a post on the Left Behind Facebook page, literally hours after they informed uh, the fan base that that production had begun. Uh, they they informed everyone that Ashley Tisdale was 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 dropping out because they the way they spun it and it could be legit I don't know it just seemed like an odd coincidence that you know the day production began that she was taking a TV, an unnamed television opportunity mm-hmm. and they have since replaced her and Tyler and I were talking about this this morning with an actress who's who isn't very well known who's just done a little bit of TV work like episodes of CSI and things. Hey, it's I'm so not super up. So it doesn't bode well for the production that one of the key players has dropped out. But Je- Jesse, did you did you see that they picked up Jordan Sparks from American Idol? Did they Idol? really? Yeah, she's in the film now. Not replacing oh. Ashley Tisdale, but she's in the she's in, apparently she's going to be a passenger on the plane that Nick Cage pilots. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, I can't wait. Who plays uh the bad guy? Uh, Nikolai Carpathia. It's so hot that you know that. It's really something. I can't believe I can't. Do we know? I, I'm pretty sure the, the only the only people of note, you know, the, I, not to talk bad about the other actors, the other performers in the film. I just don't think they're anyone that you would really know aside from well now Jordan Sparks, Chad Michael Murray, and of course Nicholas Cage. Hey, can I just ask a question? I, who's Ashley Tisdale? She well, was in a High School Musical with Vanessa. She's like a, yeah, like a and, Disney. Uh, yeah. Mm. It seemed a little, I, I will say, it seemed a little odd, though, that she was going to be in this movie, and the, the thing most recent that she had done before this movie was pose on the cover of Maxim. Mm. So, I couldn't have yeah. really been too good for the evangelical You know what's community. interesting? Um, I was at the gym the other day, and <laughs> that uh, is interesting. Working, working on my, <laughs> really? Working on my freckly pale body. And uh, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Tisdale have a reality show on MTV, which was on the TV in, in front of me. Yeah. Ashley Tisdale, or sorry, uh, Vanessa Hudgens is in that movie with Nicolas Cage. Right. So I'm thinking maybe Vanessa kind of said, it, it, Nick's, a little, Nick's a little weird. You don't want to do this. Or 
<clears throat> maybe we're going to find out that Vanessa Hudgens is going to take a role in Left Behind. I think she should. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. What about iCarly? Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Is this a device or is this a thing? Yeah, no, I have, I'm I just have saying. An, I need to charge my iCarly, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, you're just saying. I mean, all these Disney ones. I mean, just go for the next you, generation. Yeah, of, see, of you lost me. I don't know. Yeah. Icar- you know what iCarly uh, is. Yeah. Don't lie. I heard that Phineas and Ferb are going to be in it, too. Uh, it's pretty cool. I literally. So don't it's going to be like Alvin and the Chipmunks, where yeah. it's like real it's, live. It's left behind like... the squeakwall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> it's, it's not a remake. It's a. You need yeah. to just get it's up and leave. That's, <laughs> that's the best thing you could. That right. was it. You guys take care. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm out. That was really something. Yeah, there's a scene in the in the original Thief of the Night series where, right after the rapture. Where you know the someone's like walking around and there's like a lawnmower just running like on a lawn, not rolling, just running. Which lawnmowers don't do that, by the way. They have that little handle well, by the handle that you got to squeeze down. Mine's broken. Yeah, maybe. It was oh, really? Can we just tape it? Yeah. No, it just doesn't work. I squeeze that handle down, and nothing happens. So I got to push it on my own. <laughs> well, this is beside the point. So why don't you? Regardless, one time I I can remember as a kid, like in in you know riding my bike or something after I had seen that movie because the movie came out like in the seventies and we watched it at. You know, youth group or a church or something, yeah. and seeing a running lawnmower and oh, yeah. being momentarily terrified. <laughs> yeah, because it'll it'll kill you if a lawnmower hits you. You're dead instantly. Well, it wasn't the no, end. No, of the it's, uh, he missed the rapture. Oh, I see. Yeah, it wasn't being followed by the Stephen King book. I think <laughs> the lawnmower. I think that happens in in my Shyamalan movie. Yeah, guy gets. Killed by his own I, think, I think that happens in Left Behind the Squeak. <laughs> hey, I've kind of dimmed on my all my uh, new guy questions, mm-hmm. but I do have one. People keep bringing up Rambo stuff. Oh, Did I miss uh, that? Yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, one oh. day we'll take you to lunch. One day. Oh, boy. There's yeah. a collective groan, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to do it. I didn't groan. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by collective. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, also coming out, movies coming out on Friday, August twenty third. The World's End, uh, also known as Ooh. Left Behind the yeah. Squeakle. Yes. The World's End, the third installment of director Edgar Wright's trilogy of comedies following the successes of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Did you? You I know? Did you all see the Alien one? That kind of didn't do as well. It, it was like uh, Area fifty two. I yeah, s- the, I saw it. It was Seth Rogen yes. as the voice, yeah. I saw it. I was so, like, it was so anti-God. It was so anti-religion. I'm not saying mm. that because it's nerdy. Yeah. I'm saying uh. it because <laughs> it was so, like, beat you over the head with this atheist agenda. It was mm. just like, really? Whereas, like, the other ones, like Hot Fuzz and stuff, are more satirical and less, mm. like, heavy-handed. Yeah. It was um, it was very off-putting. And I noticed, and it was apparently a flop, I noticed that, you know, when they're promoting this movie, they don't mention it. They're mm. from the guys who brought you, and they mentioned Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, but they don't mention that one, even yeah. though it's the most recent one. Huh. It was awful. Don't go watch it. Mm. it the, but like you're saying, the other ones do, you know, in addition to being funny and entertaining, are making sort of satirical commentary about those genres of film. Right. So yeah. I kind of wonder what this one's take on in times, you know, uh, blockbusters will be. I, I'm, I'm guessing they're, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Also coming out, last Drinking Buddies with Olivia Wilde. Ron Livingston, Anna Kendrick. Okay, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices.
portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by One Life. One Life is challenging relevant podcast listeners to take this week's challenge. The challenge is to give backpacks full of school supplies, food, and clothing to 2,000 orphans in East Asia. When you purchase one backpack, One Life gives two backpacks to orphans in need. Head over to the podcast page to learn more about how you can get involved. You're listening to Group Love. Tyler talked to Group Love, and he wants in the magazine. I was like, it implies orgy. I don't know. I don't think that that's going to translate well. It's good music, but it's orgy music. It, it's or, that, what the music is, or just their name? Yeah, their name. Do you? So do you huh. think Group Love? This song is ways to go. If you're at an orgy, people would just be disappointed that you're not playing Group Love, the new album from Group Love. They'd be like, hey man. I mean, it's, they're named together. after us. They're named, at, yeah. Why aren't you spinning this and spinning it? Because it's in the seventies and they have it. <laughs> Eddie, what are your thoughts? I don't want to be a part. I, <laughs> I like that you knew I was just being silent. I knew you were. I was just waiting yeah, for the storm to pass. <laughs> That's why I want to know your thoughts on the <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, cage the elephant, which is just inhumane. With come a little closer. A if you come cage. a little closer to a caged elephant, he's going to bite you. I'm just going to tell you right unless, now. Unless, yeah. unless you have peanuts. Hey, I have Most a of my knowledge about animals comes from cartoons. <laughs> or or if you're a mouse, and then you're just going to terrify Old, old yeah. school yeah. Chippendale shorts. Yeah, that's all. There was more than that? That's all that I... Uh, I have a short attention span. <laughs> okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, you know, I brought some I brought some heavy-hitting stuff last couple of weeks. So I, I know, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, well, that's why I'm, 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 I'm going back old school. And as as <laughs> listeners who who tuned in last week know, I was very upset about Shark Week, the whole megalodon Absolutely. getting megalodon. Yeah. And, Somebody should have been fired over that decision. Yeah, I, I hope so. Even though I did read it was like the highest rated Shark Week ever. Oh no! Yeah. Well, then that means there's going to be more of it. Is Shark Week I know. Over? So so that's why it's today I decided you know Shark Week's done. <laughs> like huh. they're ruined. So <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. I decided that Cameron. Oh. I'm sorry, Jesse. What happened here was a very subtle conversation, <laughs> and I said, "Is Shark Week over?" And Cameron was just like, "Yeah, it's one, one week. week." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's not Shark Month." I forgot you. You don't watch it. I question your Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't watch Shark Week, you cannot believe in God. Hey, yeah. You are a hypocrite, Mr. Yes. Preached on Sunday, because he, in the middle of a sermon, drops a happy Shark Week reference to everybody. Well, and I'm going, you are portraying that well, you... I, I say Merry Christmas, but I don't participate in that either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 He's got time for all that. All right. Hey, sorry. So you were angry about Shark Week, Megalodon. Yeah, well, we, got, we all got Megalodon. We cannot trust... We cannot trust this Discovery Channel anymore. You know, the, the, they're punking the, us with every special. Who knows what's CG? Who knows what's a real great white getting sweet air behind a boat? I mean, the, the <laughs> cha- to, think, sweet air. to think that the channel that brings us Amish Mafia, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, naked and afraid. Would stoop right. to these levels. Would stoop to these levels. Yeah. Right. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I question the discounts on extreme couponing. <laughs> I, I, that's fair. You know, I mean, what is a lie and what is true? That, that show is totally rigged, though, just so you know. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. They pre-warn the store because you can never of go course. to a store and get 500 of something. It's all, the whole thing is. No, well, they plan it out. I mean, they, because they, I mean, if you, I, I watched it on a marathon on Netflix. And um, 
I did one night. It was very interesting. It is. Re- I, hey, I'm not. I've watched. I, I, don't, I haven't marathoned, but I've watched a lot of episodes. So, but but all that say, I I don't know what to trust in these shows anymore. And so I decided this week because we probably were just fed a bunch of lies during Shark Week to bring an actual shark story that is truth. Do it. Um, Do it. And it comes to us uh, from a Fox local Fox News station in uh, Tampa, Florida where a, a resident there um, was vacationing in the Bahamas, and he was attacked by a shark. Uh, it was a very scary situation, but throughout the story, uh, Eric Nori and his family prayed, and they, they prayed that, they would, that, you know, that God would save Eric Nori's leg and that he would not die from the shark attack. He, doctors were able to do skin grafts and, and, and help save uh, this individual, when the reporter visited his hospital room, they were even playing praise and worship music. And that was all interesting and, and, and encouraging. But I do want to read one line in the story that struck me as a bit odd. Uh, right at the end of the story where they're telling this, uh, t- talking about the faith of this uh, shark attack survivor, here's the line. By the way, Nori has also been struck by lightning, and his right leg has been bit by a rattlesnake. He's also been punched by monkeys twice. No way. That happens. Shut your mouth down. Like, to say you got, you know, bit by a shark is is incredibly rare and right. to, to survive it and come out you know you know maybe he's got to go through recovery but relatively unscathed that's an awesome story right to say you were struck by lightning right is an awesome story surviving a rattlesnake bite i want to know what happened there right but you you got punched by monkeys twice <laughs> it wasn't in, like in he what, had, what he lesson he did you not learn monkey punches. in what scenario have any of you been within arm like arm's reach of a monkey has well, anybody what, been close enough I'm, to a monkey? Well, case that's the what elephant. I'm saying. It, <laughs> it, in the way it's worded, it didn't, doesn't say he survived two monkey punches. It says twice. <laughs> so that tells me that on two separate so, unrelated right. occasions, it's not this like, man was in a scenario right. where a monkey could punch him and a monkey did punch him. If it wasn't for all these other attacks, his uh, shark attack would have probably just ended up a footnote. Gosh, Calvin. This is what happens when he takes really a week off. Stunning. <laughs> it's really impressive. I'm working up a sweat. <laughs> yeah, so all, all I'd say, I, I know people were like, man, Shark Week was a bummer. I wanted to hear a true shark attack story. Here you go, Eric Norrie, surviving shark attacks, <laughs> lightning strikes, rattlesnake bites, and monkey punches. So if he can survive this... You know, there's hope for all of us. Jesse, is he That's a guy true. you'd want to hang out with, or is he? Oh, a- absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- because you know, if you're hanging out with this dude, Eric Nori, you know, if you're you're hanging with him, something cool's got some something. Even if it's not cool at the moment, I'm sure g- getting punk- punched by that monkey that first time hurt. But what a great story! He sounds if like I a ta- was hanging out with him. He sounds like like the type of guy that that owns an airboat. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he just calls you up like Absolutely. at a really weird hour, and it's like, "Hey, dude, go on airboat, and you want to come?" <laughs> and Tampa, yes. I'm from Tampa. It's a different kind of Floridian. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just airboat was the right thing to say. It's just they own airboats, and and like they would hear this story, you're like, "Oh, you hear about this guy bit by a shark, and he also got punched by two different monkeys." And like, yeah, yeah. Classic well, Tampa. Tampa has the Monkey Island where they keep escaping. Yeah. They do. Yeah, there's a lot to that whole story. Well, I told that you know T- Tampa's right uh, by St. Pete, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I again, I, I, I don't want to like. It was probably just a weird part of the beach I was on. 
If I don't want to talk bad about everyone who lives in St. Pete. And this I'm, isn't even necessarily bad. It's just an observation. There, so I, I, I'm from there, so I can confirm or deny whatever you're about to okay, say. So I went there, like, and I told the story, I think, a while back. I went there, and everyone on the beach was wearing like regular clothes. Yeah. yeah. Like they were wearing like, like cargo shorts and jeans, but swimming in them in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Like no one was wearing bathing suits. It's like a weird subset of america over there in st pete i don't really it, it just struck me as odd that that they didn't change clothes to go to the beach it was just yeah. like they yeah. could be wearing like a like you said a t-shirt and jeans and just go for a swim in them <laughs> yep. yeah you're right yeah that's and that's how you get punched by monkeys yeah that's because you, know? yeah, you heard about that escape monkey that. That yeah yeah forever? oh listen long, oh you guys long, talked about it yeah for seven years we've been on the so monkey been island beach. <laughs> okay but do you know that okay so where i went to pre- uh, elementary school Right, the property of that elementary school backs up to the place where this monkey escaped from. Okay, hold up, hundred percent true. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Everything about this. So, is true. so city planners said, <laughs> right? I don't know how. That here's, here's where we need to put the new elementary school. Yeah, when we would do right near this dangerous, uh, right. you know, private habitat. Right when we would do the jogathon, which was also known as my hell week, where we would have to run laps around this crappy thing. And have to raise Wait, money. Jogathon. It sucked, man. It was just like this: uh, get all your friends to sponsor you, like a dollar a lap, and then you got to go out there, and you're just a little fat kid, and you're just trying to run laps, and they pay a dollar every time. So anyhow, so as we'd go around this track for Jogathon, we would hear tigers and monkeys like roaring and <laughs> whatever monkeys do, howling. Uh, Slapping people. Well, right. it seems, I think they did so, that on purpose because it motivated you, didn't right. it? <laughs> Keep you running. walking, fat kid. And then so, there's this like, lawnmower just going by itself. Yeah, yeah, so that's the monkey chasing you. yeah, that monkey escaped from that place right there. We all knew where it was. The guy that found it was the guy that lived right behind our elementary school. Like, uh, a little close to home. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I never got punched by a monkey in my life. <laughs> I would imagine it made kids run faster. <laughs> yes. Most kids. For me, uh, is not the motivation I needed. It's called natural selection, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> a tiger picks one or two off. That kid, that kid wouldn't make it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what do you have there, Eddie? Well, here's a. Uh, I, I read this story. It fascinated me. I love this kind of stuff. I found. I found out there is a secret art installation beneath Times Square. There was an article this week that talks about this art installation that apparently has been there since 1977. Uh, It was created by this artist named Max uh, Niehaus, I believe, who titled it Times Square. And what it is is that this guy made a machine that amplifies the natural resonance of the Times Square tunnel junction. Um, And it kind of makes this hum that happens all the time beneath the main part of Times Square. And um, he created the noise in 1977 without the help of a computer or any electronic device. But he installed it underneath Times Square secretly. And so, like, in the morning, when everything's really, really quiet in Times Square, you can still hear this weird hum. You don't know where it's from. But he kept it a secret because he wanted people to discover it on their own and to experience that kind of, like, hey, guess what I found kind of moment. And so it's been there since 1977, and they're just starting to discover what this is. And apparently it's between 45th and 46th Street, right between Broadway and 7th Avenue. Like down in the subway or something? Yeah, it's like down as a part of like all those subway tunnels underneath. I don't know how this will lead to conversation between us, but I was like, I love that kind of stuff. I love that like... Those kind of like secret art installations, or like when like Banksy will go out and paint stuff on walls in the middle of the night. I just love that kind of stuff. Jesse hates art. Do you? I don't hate art. I I have strong feet. You want to get some water? Feelings. Get water. He gets for clump. He gets so worked up. Are you so upset about this story? (laughs) (laughs) 
I think he just got punched in the throat by a monkey. <laughs> yeah, there was a. There's some. <laughs> I'm right by your old elementary school recording this. Coincidentally, Eddie. go Starkey uh, Bears. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't hate art. I just think you know, like art that doesn't really have uh, any any like actual meaning. You know, like yeah, this is cool, I guess. But what's the difference between this and like vandalism? <laughs> See, so Jesse doesn't think people who like the, modern art and yeah. conceptual things can believe in God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I question their Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not all concept. It, it's, it's this high concept stuff that, you know, I think it blurs the line between what is someone's just random idea and, you know, some sort of actual implied meaning. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. The part that's coolest to me, though, is that he installed it and did it without telling anyone for a long I time. Think that's pretty cool. That to me, there's something about like, the creation of something that never, no one will ever know, or there's a possibility that maybe no one will ever know that it ever existed or that it was ever attached to you. That to me seems exciting and fun, but I don't know why. It does not to you, Jesse. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Convincing. I guess so. I'd rather hang out with Soul Surfer. Yeah, I mean, did this guy, like, survive any monkey attacks or anything cool? Like, yeah, I guess he also did that. He, it was, you know, a monkey Was game. he punched by monkeys or attacked by sharks? He, he, so, it's, he so it's still there. You can still go. There. You can go. Hear it. Hum. And I kind of said rumble. this because I, a little bit. I mean, somebody's got to be listening in New York City. So I would love for them to go and record it or take a picture of it whatever you do don't don't turn off the signal because it keeps the punching monkeys away right that's <laughs> right. all it yeah, does it clears them out of Times square yeah, so it's kind of like a that high-pitched you know yard barrier for for right. dogs that's exactly what it, it is i like it <laughs> yeah. okay all right what do you have calvin okay um the uh the world's most polite woman uh tweets f- for help in a time of crisis instead of trying instead of bothering anyone with a phone call or anything like that <laughs> she she thinks it you know i don't want to bother anyone i don't want to call the cops and be a burden so she actually uh she's trapped inside of an uh of an old church it's a this is in Britain, uh, Church of St. Andrew in Plymouth, England, on Sunday. She decided not to bother any of her friends. Wait, she, she was like locked in she was after locked hours in or something? After hours. She, uh, yeah, she was there praying, and um, next thing you know, she you know, c- comes out of her, her time of meditation and realizes that she had been locked in. And she was just, I don't want to bother the cops. I don't want to be a burden on anyone. So she just goes to Twitter. <laughs> and uh, this is her first tweet. Uh, I'm locked inside St. Andrew's Church. I was in a private praying chapel, and when I came out, everyone was gone and doors locked. Hashtag Plymouth, hashtag help. I got five <laughs> retweets, three favorites. Um, somebody, somebody favorite. Yeah. Hashtag, I'm very, th- very thirsty. Please, please help. Right. We'll not make it through night. Hashtag. Um, there are strange she essentially was, from the other room. She essentially was left behind. There's, um, a, there's a humming uh, under the building. A, someone help me. At the time, she had really 175 good. followers as that. of that Twitter. Uh, this is her second tweet. Trying to think of best way to get out of this church with minimum disruption. It's quite calm and peaceful in here, so in no hurry. Hashtag Plymouth. Hashtag, Hashtag thinking of throwing a chair through the stained glass window. Hashtag dying. And here's where uh, here's where it goes. Um, strange feeling. This Hashtag is the next tweet. Some sort of gas leak in here. <laughs> Hashtag naked and afraid. Uh, yeah. So the next tweet. Strange feeling. Locked in St. Andrew's Church. Say the next week or the next no. tweet? The next a week later. Oh my god. No. Next. The next tweet. Strange feeling. Locked in St. Andrew's Church. Thinking of every family 
family member and not wanting to bother them. Even oh. the husband. Hashtag Plymouth. Wow. Hashtag favorite equals death. Yeah. <laughs> Two retweets. Got a favorite. One favorite. Uh, Even her husband? Yeah. So husband she, would, she would rather <laughs> her husband think that she is like mysteriously vanished. She doesn't want to bother him. You know, I, she, At, you know, has I like this up, lady, you know. actually. She sounds kind of nice. Um, so eventually her phone's battery starts to die. Oh, no. Um, so she had to bite the bullet, make a call. But then she tweets, phone signal keeps cutting in and out, battery low. So I'm going to see if I can research a number to ring. Locked in St. Andrew's Church. Uh, so look, just um, 18 days later. <laughs> no, she eventually got out. She was in there for two hours. Um, someone eventually got to her. But it uh, honestly, I got to imagine she only had t- uh, 175 followers, you know, almost not even 200 followers. After this, I'm sure more right. um, once it hit the news. But it got me thinking. <laughs> um, I, love, I love it when you're here. It did, though. It, uh, <laughs> it got, what would someone with like a thousand or a million or even like a billion followers? Like if know, Justin Bieber Justin was Bieber. locked in a church. Yeah, if they were in a similar yeah. situation, they were locked in a church, locked in a building, you know, what would they tweet? And I'm sure they'd get out much, much sooner and everything. But um, if they were in a similar situation, what would they say? You know, how would they get people's attention? So I researched... Twitter's top celebrities or highest followed profiles? The highest top five. It was five. I just picked five. It's right. not a list or anything. Mm-hmm. Five <laughs> top followed people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, I'm just guessing what they might tweet mm-hmm. to get out of their situation. Number five. <laughs> I love this. Barack Obama. Here's his tweet. Oh, this isn't going to Help. I accidentally locked myself in here. Please, someone get me. Hashtag, actually, this isn't the president. Hashtag, it's Joe Biden. And did you notice that he didn't actually say where he was locked? <laughs> so that's a good, <laughs> a nice little. Uh, I mean, real quick, have you guys read any of the Onion stories on Diamond Joe Biden? No. Yes, they no, created no, like the alternate personality of <laughs> Joe Biden, who's like this this frat guy who stumbled into you know this political career. It's pretty funny. I mean, some of it's a little profane, but it was fun. <laughs> Number four, Rihanna. Help! I'm stuck in this church. But you think that Mary Poppins thing is for real? Because then I can just fly out of here, right? Hashtag umbrella. umbrella. Hashtag Ella. Oh, that's hashtag. Good. That's good. Hashtag Rihanna Crisis 2013. Oh, that's for you, Brandon Harvey. At Brandon Harvey. At yeah. Brandon Harvey. Yeah. This is great. It's good. Hashtag Rihanna Crisis 2013. It's there's, a, there's a crisis every year. That's only two of five. <laughs> Number three, Katy Perry. I'm stuck in a church. I know that because I used to go to these. Or, <laughs> or, <laughs> or, uh, help, I'm stuck. Someone please get uh, John Mayer to help. Or Russell Brand. Or Robert Pattinson. <laughs> or Josh Groban. There's a few more. Man, she has a lot of boyfriends. You just ran away with the show. This yeah. is it's all the yours. Boys. That's good. It's the, that's We're all good. just following you now. Man. Number two, <laughs> Lady Gaga. Uh, Lady Gaga, help monsters. I'm on the edge of glory. Oh. Actually, I'm stuck in an old church, so I really need to get out. Hashtag not a poker face. Nice. Don't we have a whistle or something? Man, that is good. That, yeah, that one wasn't as good. Uh, number one, Justin Bieber. I have to, a little help for this one. Hashtag, uh, hashtag, save me, save me, save me. Oh, all right, that's all I got. <laughs> man, I'm proud of you. That's great, man. That was a lot got. of work. So I think that that's they'd good. get rescued from the church quicker. That was my point. <laughs> hashtag Carl Lentz. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag trying to do the good for people. Don't get stuck in churches. There you go. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, of all the places to get stuck, better. I get it. Sure, better than under time. Better than under Times Square, but still. 
On that note, that'll do it for Slices. <laughs> what note is that? <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, the digital age. Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Death by Living. In this astoundingly unique book, best-selling author N.D. Wilson reminds us that to truly live, we must recognize that we are dying. Every second, we create more of our past, more decisions, more breathing, more love, and more loathing. We stand in the now. God says create, live, choose, shape the past. Etch your life in stone, and what you make will be forever. Get Death by Living, available now wherever books are sold. You're listening to Washed Out. The song is All I Know. I like Washed Out. The Digital Age is a four-piece Waco, Texas-based group made up of Mike Dodson, Mark Waldrop, Jack Parker, and Jeremy Bush, formerly of the Grammy-nominated David Crowder Band. The band released their rehearsals EP last summer as a formal reintroduction of the new band, and they've just released this week their first full-length album called Evening Morning. The tracks off Evening Morning were written in a quasi-conceptual temporal fashion, moving through the night to the morning, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., with each song representing one hour, kind of like 24. Oh, yeah. It's like the Jack Bauer or the Or the first Kid Cudi album, which was a concept right. album. Yeah. yeah. I like that album. That was an amazing album, and his last two have been horrid. Yeah. It's true. Anyway, so hopefully that won't happen to the digital <laughs> age. <laughs> it won't. I don't think it will. No. They got it in them. They got them. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to him. Here is Mark Waldrop of the Digital Age. somebody who likes like if i'm a fan of the david crowder band is this album is this new album for me i think so you know what we're doing with the digital age missionally and kind of sonically is pretty much the same thing we were doing with crowder band you know crowder band was the ubc worship team ubc is our church here in waco texas and uh it's a church that David and co-founded with a guy named Chris C., Robbie C.'s older brother. He's now a pastor at a church in Houston. And so uh, David kind of helped start the church and became the worship pastor. And then that became UBC Worship Team, which became the David Crowder Band. And then David moved to Atlanta about three years ago to be with the Passion City Church gang, Chris Tomlin, Louis Giglio, those guys. And uh, basically the, the rest of us didn't feel the pull there that he did and we had pretty deep roots in Waco and so the digital age is the four of us that decided to stick around at the same church so we're writing music for the same congregation we're 
you know, trying to say the same things to the same people. We're not intentionally trying to write or sound any different than we did with the Crowder Band. Uh, obviously, when you lose somebody like David and lose a violinist like we did with Hogan, uh, you know, you're, you, we lost a third of the band. However, you know, we do have the core of the band and, you know, we've, we know how each other play. We know how we write songs. So it feels a lot of the same, but then it's just, you know, it has to be different because it is different. Did losing those guys give you, the rest of you all, a chance to be like, to sort of like, maybe refocus and and take a step back and be like, what have we what have we been doing right? What have we been doing wrong? How do we want to switch and change things up for this new uh, this new leg of our journey? Oh, absolutely. You know, that's that's one of the that's one of the blessings we realized looking back on it is going, okay, so what was great about what we were doing? What wasn't great? And we've kind of been able to have that moment of looking back and and like you said, like kind of pick and choose what we like and what we want to do and it's been really, really, really positive for us. And there have been moments, you know, even with David, like, okay, David was a great acoustic player. It's like, well, do you replace a great acoustic player or do you go, oh, okay, well, maybe that's not for us. And so it kind of allowed us to have those conversations. And, you know, we decided with the digital age, like we're going to be electric guitar led and not acoustic led. And, you know, that's that in itself is a very different thing. You know, one thing we did as well is we went from being the worship team at UBC to a worship team at UBC. And that was really healthy for us, too, because being the worship team at UBC, you know, we, when, with Crowder Band, if we were home, we were playing on Sunday. There was no there was no in between. It was if we're on the road, we're on the road. If we're home, we're playing. And we never got to just go to church. And over time, after doing that for the 12 years of the Crowder Band, that's just it's a weird thing. <laughs> so it has been it. Just the space to think about what we're doing has been really great. You know, last year, actually, we played the final Crowder Band show in January. And then we spent three months doing construction work, like manual labor, building a studio here in Waco. And uh, during that three months, we didn't touch a musical instrument. We did construction nine to five every day during the week. And then we went home and we hung out and we went to church on Sunday. We didn't play. And that time and space that we had in those three months really determined a lot of what the digital age was going to look like and what we were going to do and kind of allowed all of us to have some space from the Crowder band and from what we were wanting to do musically and just think about it. And when we all kind of came back and sat down and picked up instruments, we all realized eerily that we were all on the same page and we all knew exactly what we wanted to do.
I feel like there's a lot of, um, like it popularly, there's a lot of modern criticism about modern worship, about how it, it's too light on theology or, or compared to the old hymns, there's not as much substance. Is that uh-huh. something that you feel, A, is true? And, and if so, is that something that you guys are trying to combat with this new album? Yeah, well, kind of. You know, we weren't we weren't necessarily trying to write these, you know, Wesleyan hymns. Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of what we've done as a band is is actually counterintuitive to that. You know, we, there's a song on rehearsal called Hallelujah, and that's all it says. And then we did a song called Believe on this record. That's essentially uh, what you're what you're saying is what we're trying to do. Uh, we took the Apostles' Creed and a couple sections of the Nicene Creed and put them together to make this kind of statement of faith that repeats itself. You know, there's, it's a concept record that wasn't necessarily trying to be hymns. You know, we, we kind of wrote it into this mold of telling a story of going from darkness to light and uncertainty to certainty and beauty from ashes and kind of telling a story of us as a band kind of transitioning from the end of the Dave Crowder band to the beginning of the digital age. And we thought thematically that would be really great for us. So that kind of took the precedence is we wanted to be genuine and that felt like what we had inside of us was the story of rebirth. When you start to make a concept album like this and you put it together, did it did it end up surprising you kind of? Like, did it end up being a little different than you thought it would when you set out to create an album like this? Uh, it ended up being pretty close, surprisingly, uh, to what I expected. It, it's kind of weird. You know, the last Crowder Band record was 34 songs. That's kind of our tendencies. We like to do these like interlude songs and that was actually something we really that was a long conversation was do we right out of the bat with the digital age do that do we make like an epic potentially double album thing and we just kept hearing you know kept praying about it and talking about it and it was like no we need to make it we need to make it 12 songs half a day simple that that was the only thing that really changed but we're really excited with the 12 songs and how it flows and everything it's just really cool it kind of takes you on a journey That was The Digital Age. Check them out at thedigitalagemusic.com or on Twitter at the underscore digital underscore age.
Portions of today's podcast are brought to you by Asbury Theological Seminary. Are you called to plant a church? Prepare to serve with new church planning degrees at Asbury Theological Seminary. For more information, go to asburyseminary.edu. You're listening to the Darcy's. The song is The River. So normally right now we would uh, bring you your feedback and apologies. Well, we handled the apologies at the beginning of the podcast um, because we were planning to do something a little different. I, I wanted to kind of talk to our listeners uh, about some changes that are happening and kind of a season that we're entering into. Uh, if this is your first time listening, sorry. <laughs> uh, but for the longtime listeners, you know, you know we've been doing this podcast for almost... Eight years. Actually, August is eight years. And for five of those years, Maya has been on the podcast with, with us. Uh, earlier this summer, uh, she went on a summer sabbatical. And we wanted to talk to you guys um, about that and what's going on uh, also with me mm-hmm. moving forward. Eddie's here with me. Chad's here. The other guys have, have left. Eddie's my pastor. Um, and actually, last week after recording the podcast, he and I got into a pretty long conversation that led to a pretty big decision that I've made. And um, I'm going to go on a sabbatical for a while. The story is that Maya and I have been married 11 years. A lot of you know that we have a son. And we've been in a pretty hard season of our marriage. And like a lot of couples do. And when she left for her sabbatical, the difficult truth is we also separated and have been separated this summer, and I'm going to leave for a sabbatical this week to, well, to embrace the season that we're in, to focus on my family, to uh, focus on my marriage and what's going on in our life, and and I don't know how we'll come out on the other side, mm-hmm. but I am, I'm jumping all in. I've been working this summer and trying to keep things together, obviously with our son and our home and everything. And it's been a very, very hard season and I need to stop functioning and I need to go and, um, just dive in. So that's what I'm doing. Can I, do you mind if I ask, a, ask you a few questions about I all this? I do not mind. Cause I feel like I'm newest to the podcast. And so I'll ask some questions that I yeah. think people might be curious about. Um, is there's an innate curiosity about what happened, why, how. Yeah. And so I'd like to ask some questions about that, but feel free to not answer me if you want. Um, is there something that we're about to find out, like some scandal thing happening? Yeah, why did she leave, right? That sort of a thing. No. The answer is a flat no. There's no moral failing. There was no cheating. There was no abuse. There's no nothing scandalous, nothing salacious. The unfortunate... Uh, reality of what we've been dealing with is the unglamorous, completely common thing that so many marriages deal with. We have had extreme pressure on us. Um, We run a business, but with the spiritual mission, it's, there's, there's spiritual pressure and responsibility. There's, there's the struggle of running a business and working together and taking that home. It's really easy when you're stressed out all day and 
in a really tough season to not tend the garden of your marriage the way you should. And um, we found ourselves in a pattern in time of um, little by little uh, things deteriorating, us not dealing with them. We weren't in counseling. Mm -hmm. And um, this spring, Maya said, yeah, this isn't healthy. I've had enough of this. And um, she was right. You know, I mean, like we, our marriage had gotten off track, even though nothing major had really gotten off track. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, so she was right in the sense of the, the way things were at that moment could not continue, could not continue. And did you realize that? I knew that things were very hard. I knew that we were both dealing with brokenness in our lives. I knew that we were both struggling with happiness. Um, I probably focused my attention on the external factors that would lead to Mm -hmm. pressure and stress and things and, and, and neglected nurturing the relationship Mm -hmm. um, until maybe those things were fixed. Uh, so no, the, you know, there wasn't like a moment or a thing that happened. It, it just was little by little, by little, by little, by little, by little, by little, you just like stuff things down. You just let things pile up. Things go unsaid, things go unresolved. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're in a different place than you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, when she did that, um, when she said that we both got into counseling, we were both still in counseling. Um, not as much together. Uh, right now our focus individually is to deal with the things that God's trying to deal with us as individuals. Mm -hmm. And, um, that has been a transformative journey for me uh, over the last three, four, five months. And for her too, you know, the thing that, the thing that, that, that really is at the core of the need for my going on a sabbatical is that, I just can't keep up the same pattern. I can't, or, or routine. I can't stay distracted. You know, I'm like so focused. Things are going well here at work. We have an amazing team. Um, when I'm not here, I'm focusing, focusing on my son. The, the, the reality is, is that there's more healing and more digging deeper and that I haven't been able to do because I have to keep things running. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's, wisely embraced a sabbatical season yeah. it stepped out of her job here and yeah. and um um permanently you know um uh, earlier this summer and i've seen i've seen what that has done for her and i i want the same to be honest mm-hmm. with you so so there's a process of separation right now it seems like you're both individually working out a lot are you getting a divorce i don't know that's my answer. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. The fact is, is a lot has changed in three months mm-hmm. and I believe that God's a miracle working God. And the reality of our situation is that we need a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the end of the story is going to play out. All I know is the next chapter of the story is I need to go on a sabbatical. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so I just, I, I have no 
timeline in mind. Yeah. I don't know what the outcome is. I know that I need prayer and space. And and she does too. So the question I have is, there are a million more questions. Right. People want to know, well, what about what the Bible says about marriage and you're a Christian leader and all of these kinds of things. Who did what and when and the timeline and all these kinds of things. What is your response to people that are having a thousand questions because you guys are a family you Maya the podcast listeners relevant this is all a family and people just found out that there's disconnect in the family what would you say to those folks to to them right now that have all of these questions I have them too um, the end of our story has not been written the step that we are taking now is a step a necessary step to find healing. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on in the same old, same old. This this step that I'm taking now on the sabbatical is a very deliberate, thoughtful, and important step for my family and the rest of my life. Um, we don't take things any of this lightly. Mm-hmm. I would want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not been a short or quick thing. I mean, in 11 years of marriage, I mean, I, we can, like any marriage or a lot of marriages, we can trace, you know, difficult seasons back to year one, mm. you know, and, you know, and obviously replaying everything in my head over these last few months and, and um, as I'll continue to do moving forward, you know, I see a lot of mistakes that I wish I could do over and I see a lot of things I wish I could, would have handled differently or, uh, you know, we could have gone to counseling then instead, you know. The reality is, is um, what I would say to people is that, listen, marriage is hard and it's okay to admit that. Um I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of us make is not asking for help midstream, Um, especially people who are in a position of leadership. They don't ask for help. Well, guess what? Right now I'm asking for help and have been. I mean, I've been counseling for a while. And, um, yeah, I don't – we're not taking any of this lightly. And we're trying. I'm going to try. We're going to try. Well, I'm proud of – I mean, I – I hear this. I'm proud of Maya for acknowledging that things are not okay and taking sabbatical. I'm proud of you for acknowledging things are not okay and taking sabbatical. Uh, Neither you nor Maya, your family, are not here for public consumption. And so I want to make sure that as you guys are moving through this, we as your friends and family and listeners are caring for you all. What what would you ask of us um, in terms of privacy, social networking, interaction about all of this, what, how can we best serve you all as you walk through this process together? Obviously, we we covet prayer. And whatever, you know, for those of you who have been listening long enough where you feel like you know both of us, I mean, we, we're, 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 we are both pursuing healing and we're both pursuing wholeness. And... Um, and we're very different people, and that, that looks very different for the both of us. And so I would pr- pray for us in that journey. 
I don't know what it looks like for me. You know, I know this first week of sabbatical, I'm just going to shut down and watch a lot of Netflix and just decompress. I know that I'm, I'll do a little tiny bit of traveling, but not much because, you know, Cohen, I, I, I know that I'm going to find space. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. I'm going to do things that I've never had the chance to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know when I'm necessarily going to come back because I don't know when um, the the thing that I know, it's like, it's a weird thing that I know God has something substantial next for me. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is or how long it'll take or what it'll look like. And so I don't want to like put a plan together, you know? Mm -hmm. So Friday, the day this podcast goes up, I'll, 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 I'll be done. I'll check out and, um, you'll be off the grid. I'm going to go off the grid. Well, I, I mean, it's on behalf of the folks that listen to and consume podcasts and magazine and know you personally, just know that you and Maya are being prayed for and are loved very much. Um, and we'll be here when you get back. Um, I will come back and, and the podcast will continue on. So download next week's show. It will be, uh, we will be, it will be the off the rails sabbatical. <laughs> um, and the magazine will be great. I know there's stuff in the works with that. Yeah. Like my column, um, my buddy Donald Miller is going to fill in for a couple issues. And Never heard of him. He's going to, he's going to write my column, which is going to be a major letdown when I come back. <laughs> remember how awesome that column was for a while? Man. <laughs> remember when Don Miller wrote the first word? Dang it. Um, and, and, and it's just been amazing to see friends like Don and others even locally that kind of rally around me and the team saying, yes, go do this. We will, we will fill in the gap. Go, go, go. And, um, it's just been confirmation that this is definitely something that, um, something that God wants for me. And, um, I'll probably come back to work later in the fall. Um, uh, maybe I'll check in on the podcast. Maybe I'll come back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the podcast and stuff. Um, I mean, you'll be back for the Christmas party. <laughs> I will be back for a Christmas party. I always promised a Christmas party. Yes, absolutely. There'll be a Christmas party. Okay. Um, and uh, I know that these next few months will be life-defining mm-hmm. one way or the other. And I'm always a hopeful person. And I'm, I'm an optimistic person. I'm a futurist. I'm a what-if guy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I know God's going to do an important and substantial work in my family's life. You know, I know that. I don't know what it is, but I know that um, we're going to come out on the other side. Um, pray for my kid, too, to okay. answer your first question. Okay. He's three and a half. He'll turn four in October. And um, he's had to go through a lot of change this summer. Um just routine change and mm-hmm. um it's been hard mm-hmm. as a dad that's been hard mm-hmm. but he's a strong little kid he's a good boy yeah and uh yeah um um i hope this doesn't um break any trust that uh you have in us um, that would, that would break my heart. Um, we've been doing this 10, 13 years and, um, the team here and I have 
poured every ounce of ourselves into it and believe in the mission of giving voice to what God's doing in this generation and challenging this generation to know him and impact the world we live in. And none of that's changed. Um, I guess I'm saying in advance, I appreciate y'all supporting me through this, through this process and Maya as well and um, praying for us and standing with us. And uh, it means a lot. So there we are. Well, that's probably about enough. Do you want to sign us out? Yeah. So tune in next week. I won't be here. I won't even be listening. So you guys can do whatever you want. (laughs) Oh man, it's going to be awful. (laughs) So with that note, I will see you on the other side. We will see you on the other side. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. See you, buddy. See you. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com.